allow me to go on a little rant. I think I've been here long enough to be to know that I don't rant too too much, but uh, I do. Um, you know me well enough to know too that I do uh, adhere to the scriptures as they are written, and uh, usually I'm not uh, creative enough to come up with alternative alternative explanations of things. Today's gospel passage is one of those that, uh, you know, I read it at the surface level as it, as it is, and I am amazed by, by what is there, that I don't need to go any further, but there are some, and I can guarantee we, it's, it's gained traction in the last few years, especially I hear these rumors back of priests and, and other ministers preaching on this gospel passage, saying something like, but really what it was is everyone reached into their own lunch bucket, buckets after they saw Jesus taking this and they shared what they had with others and there, there was more than enough. While that might be a good story, we have to remember not all stories are true, first of all. And it undermines everything that follows, especially in the Gospel of John. Because the next few weeks, we are going to be hearing the Bread of Life discourse. That what this does, it sets us up for an understanding in John's Gospel of what happens at the Eucharist. And if we remember at the Last Supper, in John's Gospel, Jesus didn't give the Eucharist, but rather what the Eucharist means. That it means that we serve one another, that we love one another. As Jesus bent over to wash the feet of the disciples, so too, those who come to his feast are called to serve one another. And besides, I find it rather cynical to think Jesus had to perform a small little miracle in order for people to share. Isn't that rather cynical? Instead, I think, again, we take it at its surface, there's a beauty here. Jesus knows exactly what he's going to do. It's near the Feast of Passover, so they're already thinking bread because Passover was a Feast of Unleavened Bread. They're already thinking of, of bread, and already uh, he sees this large crowd coming to him, 5,000 men. This was a way of counting. It wasn't just men, but there were 5,000 men, or 5,000 families, if you want to imagine that. So maybe 15,000, 20,000, 25,000 people. Can you imagine such a crowd? A crowd bigger than the population of Marshall, Ganta, Minnesota put together. Jesus sees them. He knows exactly what he's going to do. And he asks Philip, where can we buy enough food for them to eat? And Philip says, Master, not even 200 days wages would be enough to give them each a little. And certainly, that would be true. But Jesus knows what he's going to do. And Andrew brings this little boy I found myself reflecting the last few days about it, you know, how did Andrew find this little boy? I think I have, I have a theory, maybe I am a little bit more creative than I think, but I have a theory that this little boy was bringing a lunch to the apostles. Maybe he approached Philip or Andrew, James or John and said, I brought you lunch. Here, this is what I have. And Andrew, in turn, takes it to the Lord and says, this is what we have. What good is it? Five barley loaves and two fish. Barley loaves, for those that are in the know, know that barley doesn't have a high gluten count. That's good for those with gluten intolerance, maybe. But it's not enough gluten to even hold the bread together. So it's literally crummy bread. Five loaves. One loaf could feed maybe two or three people. 
That's where I think maybe he was bringing it purposely to Jesus. Thirteen people. Two fish. This would have been dried fish. As you might be aware, dried fish has a particular smell about it. So he literally brought them crummy bread and stinky fish. What good is this? What good is this? It's barely enough to feed us, Andrew might have said. It, it, could, it could feed maybe us. But what good is it in the crowd of 5,000 men? But Jesus knows what he's going to do. He knows that it, this is not an in, insignificant amount. That this boy is not insignificant. And he is boy. Probably 10, 11, 12, certainly not 13 because he would have been called a man. Is there anything more insignificant There's very, very few people that are more insignificant than a child in the the days of Jesus. Not that they were completely worthless or anything like that, but they were easily overlooked. And yet, he's the only one that had anything to eat. Jesus knows his significance and knows the significance of the lunch that he brought. He blesses it. He breaks it. He gives it to them. Where do we hear that? That's why so many have this inclination to want to explain it away, because they want to explain away the Eucharist. They want to explain away what happens at the Last Supper, that that can't possibly be Jesus' body and blood. Again, I'm not creative enough to come up with alternative explanation for why Jesus says, this is my body, this is my blood. But he's preparing them. This, by the way, is the only miracle besides the resurrection, if you want to call the resurrection a miracle, that's recorded in all four Gospels. In fact, it happens twice in Matthew, Mark, and Luke that each of the the, uh, Gospel writers have it twice to two different crowds, two different, one, this one being more Jewish in nature, 12 wicker baskets, the other one being more Gentile in nature, seven wicker baskets. There's seven baskets, actually. There's a different word there. Jesus multiplies that bread and gives it to them. And it's more than enough for that large crowd. What could have, should have only fed 12, 13, 14 people, fed 5,000 men, not counting women and children, 15, 20, 25,000. I don't know about you, but I would have been embarrassed too to set so little, such a paltry meal in front of such a large crowd. And each had their fill. St. John is very adamant about that. They had their fill. It wasn't that they took, took a little nibble and said, mm, oh, oh, it's wonderful, it's, it's full. They weren't playing like kids with mud pies, just taking, pretending to take a bite and passing it on. They all had their fill. And it's more than enough. They picked up 12 wicker baskets so that nothing is wasted. What seemed so insignificant was more than enough. Why? It's because Jesus knew who he was. Jesus knew what he was going to do. Jesus knew he had power over the elements of earth itself, that he could take what seemed so little, so insignificant, and he could multiply it that he could make it more than enough. 
superabundance. This boy goes unnamed, and I find that a tragedy, maybe. But maybe he's unnamed because St. John wants to invite us to consider maybe we're that boy. Maybe we're the ones who think what we have to offer is so insignificant that we intended to give it to the Lord, but we think it's only enough for him. And yet in his hands, whatever it is we offer willingly, completely, totally, in his hands is enough to feed the crowd. It's enough. It's more than enough. Sometimes we look at ourselves and we think we're insignificant. Who are we living in this corner of Lyon County, this corner of the state, this corner of the world? Well, there's really no corners, but you know what I'm talking about. We think we're insignificant. We're not. Jesus Christ suffered and died for us. Jesus Christ took and continues to take everything that we have, everything that we offer, and he makes it more than enough. In this Eucharist that we are about to receive, he continues to do this. St. Augustine says it best, that see yourselves in the chalice. Put yourselves there. That's why we have the offertory, by the way. It's not insignificant. I'm longing for the day when we can have that restored soon and very soon, because it is a reminder that this gift that we are about to receive comes from you. And we are so distant from it now, but it's through your contributions, through your service, through your sharing of talents, that we have it to offer in the first place. But it's rather insignificant when you think about it. A small host of wheat a little bit of wine, a couple of drops of water, and yet the Lord takes it, he blesses it, he breaks it, and he gives it to us transformed. The next few weeks, we will have a chance to reflect on the meaning of the Eucharist. We'll have a chance to reflect that the gift that we have to offer this day is not insignificant. In the hands of Jesus, It's super abundant, super significant.